Hello there, you Awakening Wonders on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. We really appreciate you, our listeners, and want to bring you more content. We will be delivering a podcast every day, seven days a week. Every single day, you'll get a detailed breakdown of current topics that the mainstream media should be covering. But if they are covering, they're amplifying establishment messages and not telling you the truth. Once a week, we bring you in-depth conversations with guests like Jordan Peterson, RFK Jr., Sam Harris, Vandana Shiva, Gabor Mate, and many more. Now enjoy this episode of Stay Free with Russell Brand. Remember, there's an episode every single day to educate and elevate our consciousness together. Stay free and enjoy the episode. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on our voyage to truth and freedom. And yet we must make our way through a labyrinthine maze, tautologist, in order to subvert and avoid the many attempts to assert control. Here's a clear one, I would say. Attempts to ensure that you and me and everyone carry wellness passes. It's not a vaccine passport, it's a wellness pass. The continent of Africa for Bill Gates has always been a kind of playground for ideas where he might, some would say, be looking to practice for profits that will be gleaned elsewhere after piloting them in African nations. If he loves Africa so much, I'm sure that's why he'd say, no, no, it's just I'm doing it because I love Africa. But remember at the height of the pandemic when people said, oh, well, this vaccine's so helpful, you better get some over to the continent of Africa. Can you waive the patent so they can make them over there because as you know everyone believes this vaccine super helpful and it's not for profit or anything crazy like that bill gates would not waver the patterns because it's not you don't understand you're too stupid let's have a look at the legacy media reporting on bill gates's latest should we call it scheme master plan certainly involves mastercard the bill and melinda gates foundation plans to raise its spending on health and agriculture in africa to nearly 1.8 billion dollars per year over the next four years now in line with prior investments healthcare will be a key focus for the foundations work in Africa. Give them a good shake, get them working. <laughs> what are they doing? No wonder the Wuhan Institute of Virology is spilling all bat juice out of the windows if that's what they're doing. Okay, let's get these working. Mm. Yep, this batch is okay. Send it out. Foundation co-chair Bill Gates says that the COVID-19 pandemic was a significant setback. Well, it certainly was. A lot of people aren't feeling very well having taken that medicine. To immunization programs, as well as stalling progress in dealing with HIV, AIDS, tuberculosis and malaria. But that's just global business news. Let's hear straight from Bill Gates' mouth, a man we can trust. You know, I'm the biggest advocate for... Do you want to finish that sentence for him? Let me know in the chat. For rich country generosity to developing countries, um, you know, whether it's U.S. political leaders, European political leaders, you know, I was in Japan and South Korea uh, a couple months ago. What are you saying? What does that sentence mean? I'm the world's nicest man. Is that what you're sort of saying? I'm the biggest advocate for kindness. It does come at a tough time because the European budgets are deeply affected by uh, the Ukraine war. And so right now the trend for aid uh, is not to go up. You know, if you take all aid, including all climate aid, uh, we're going to have a few years here where it'll probably go down. So essentially, what Bill Gates is saying is in order to get aid, you're going to have to participate in a piloting scheme for wellness passes. Don't call them vaccine passports. People don't like that idea anymore because independent media revealed that that is the entry point for social credit scoring. But in Africa, they're pretty desperate because aid's going to be stopping, so they'll probably participate. 
Connecting children across the world with vaccinations can be a challenge. Despite investments from the public, development and private sectors, millions of children still do not have access to basic immunizations. Traditional methods of recording and verifying a child's vaccination status can be difficult and unreliable. A few things are difficult and unreliable. A lot of the information we were given, a lot of the propaganda was difficult and unreliable. A lot of pledges that were made were difficult and unreliable. 95% effective, stops transmission. I'm not saying that there are no such things as good and successful medications that are available, but I am saying that we should now be perhaps more sceptical than ever about the information we're given by globalist corporations that spend a lot of money propagandizing all information and appear always have an ulterior agenda, even if that's something as simple as profit, and sometimes I question whether it is that simple. To strengthen the efficiency and reach of health services in developing nations, Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and MasterCard have created Wellness Pass. Like when I think of who's going to save the world, I don't think it's going to be Gavi and MasterCard. I mean, that's credit cards. A digital healthcare management system to enable more children to receive recommended vaccines. Wellness Pass is built on MasterCard's Community Pass platform, which securely digitizes life transactions for underserved communities with best-in-class data privacy and protection by design. They're just making stuff up, aren't they? Best-in-class data protection. This whole thing is about data capture, data harvesting, and being able to come to nations and continents where there may not be such desperation and willingness to comply because there's not an aid crisis because of the Ukraine-Russia war, as Bill Gates spelled out at the beginning. The scheme will have been successfully piloted, like that eyeball thing we told you about a little while ago, biometric data taken through the eyeballs. It seems to me that the way that the African nations are exploited now is different from the sort of first wave of imperialism and colonialization and slavery and the capture of resources. Now it's about, well, we've got this population here. They seem to be quite desperate. Almost as if there have been some terribly exploitative projects in the preceding centuries. We can go there and now the people in those nations will be more compliant with our weird agricultural medical schemes. And the fact that this is wrapped up in philanthropy, I'm not buying it anymore. Are you buying it? You're like, quick, I need help. This is an emergency. Well, what do you want? Lassie, the Hulk? No. Fuck them. Go get me Bill Gates and MasterCard right now. Community Pass is a digital infrastructure to address or to reach the most rural and marginalized communities and lowers the cost to serve for everyone. And if it can work there, imagine how easily we can scrutinize you when you've got Wi-Fi and 5G. Wellness Pass is an example of how you can use a digital identity to receive healthcare services. For parents and caregivers, this means that the concern of losing a child's vaccination card can be a thing of the past. Oh no, my child's vaccination card. Luckily I've got this chip <laughs> under my skin. Often these ideas are introduced in situations where it seems perfectly reasonable. We're in a continual discourse, I would argue now, with the globalist culture. For your convenience, for your safety, so you don't lose your child's vaccine immunization card. It's always presented to you as favorable. The pandemic period was used as a kind of window to force through mandatory medications, unused 
usual regulations. I would argue social experimentation because it certainly wasn't very effective, like lockdowns and social distancing. How compliant will people be? If you think that's entirely pie in the sky, look at how much analysis was done using modelling and the work of B.F. Skinner and behavioralism. The state and the media are frantically working out how you control a population that now has access to independent media and the ability to globally communicate. Globalisation could go two ways. The centralisation of control, the decentralisation of control. We are advocating for its decentralisation. I know that there'll be things I believe in that you don't believe in. And guess what? That doesn't matter because we might never meet one another. What the centralist, globalist, and believe me, I feel that Bill Gates is perhaps the epitomising figure. Let me know if you think there are others down in the chat. One is to be able to have as much influence over your life as possible. That's what the WHO treaty is all about. They'll be able to come up with ideas and schemes. Your country will have no choice but to obey. That might sound reductive, but it's basically what that WHO treaty is when it comes to pandemics. And they decide what a pandemic is, curiously. I'm so happy when I got this new card. Anywhere I go, they will only take the card and put it inside the tablet. All the information of the baby we will get it clear. Brilliant, in a sense. What's happened is that the evolving imagery of philanthropy, that if you're like my age, you grew up with these very worthy causes in that continent were always undertaken. And oh, there's just this amount of money will help these people to eat for a day. This now is sort of using the same kind of rhetoric and imagery, like that this is a person who's being helped. I would say that's a person who's being piloted. With its first program underway in Mauritania, Wellness Pass will soon launch in Ethiopia for COVID and other care cycles. Future-focused and built to scale, Wellness Pass aims to enable and improve healthcare in remote communities across the globe, change lives, and shape a better future for all. When I see those logos, <laughs> I don't immediately think everything's going to be fine. Okay, so that's one perspective. This is an entirely benign philanthropic endeavour being undertaken simply to help people in rural communities. You'll have noticed, won't you, around the world, like the way everything's conducted. You look at the Dow Jones, you look at stock markets across the world after the 2008 crash. Everyone's saying the same thing. How do we help rural communities that are remote across the world? It's the war cry of the rich and powerful everywhere. How on earth are we going to help rural communities across the world? That's why I remember in the, those Hawaii fires, everything just stopped and people went straight to work to help the people. Or Grenfell in our country. Soon as any underserved community is under threat, the forces of global capitalism spring into action to help them. Oh no, that isn't what happens, is it? So let's have a look at what actually happened. Africa is now becoming a testing ground for a biometric digital identity platform developed in partnership between MasterCard, Truststamp and Bill Gates' Gavi Vaccine Alliance. Oh, Bill, you're so trustworthy and reliable. Perhaps we should let you run everything all the time. And we could, were it not for these geniuses at Sticker Mule that are fighting back the only way they know how with this satisfying thing. Look at that. Do you know that Sticker Mule have decided to support us even further with yet more of these fantastic stickers? There are six stunning designs, including, wait for it, this little guy, that are only available in this beautiful pack, and they're made with Sticker Mule's magic touch. Sticker Mule has released another 10,000 of these packs. Yeah, 10,000 that you can have for how much? What would you pay for a sticker like that? $1,000? $500? They're going to deliver it to your address absolutely free. Just go to stickermule.com forward slash Russell and fill out the form. It's literally as simple as that. Then there'll be a moment where this comes to your home. You will love it. 
Stats, stickermill.com forward slash Russell and fill in the form. Or you could just let Bill Gates make all of your decisions for you. Let's get into it. While Trust Stamp provides identification or authentication through AI, Garvey is an international organisation created by tech mogul Bill Gates for supposedly helping underprivileged children access new as well as underused vaccines. <laughs> underused. We've got these vaccines that we can't shift. The people of Africa seem pretty desperate. Could we sell those vaccines over there? Well, we did it before. Have a look at the history of Bill Gates and vaccines in the continent of Africa. It will show you some pretty curious results. The digital identity platform was first launched in 2018 and is now going to be implemented in the remote and low-income communities in West Africa. Garvey and MasterCard have created a digital vaccination record known as Wellness Pass. Ah, wellness. Now the platform will be integrated with this Wellness Pass. The biometric digital identity platform will have the vaccination records from Garvey, a payment system through MasterCard, and AI-based identity authentication via Trust Stamp. That's like you're being closed in on from every angle there. As of now, the whole project has been funded via donor funds to Garvey, which amounts to nearly $4 million and a similar donation amount from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Once the vaccine for coronavirus is made available, it will be integrated into the whole system to keep track of the vaccinations in West Africa. This is a magnificent scheme, really, because all of our worst nightmares are combined into one philanthropic gesture. Ultimately, it's a social credit score passport that may begin with, oh, we can just track when your kid last was vaccinated, but ultimately, oh, your kid's not been vaccinated, so you can't use this service. Your kid ain't been vaccinated, so you can't use this transport. Your kid ain't been vaccinated, so you can't participate in fill in the rest of this sentence. Can you imagine how that might might be played out in other continents or other parts of the world. Remember, they couldn't get vaccine passports into Africa initially because people weren't carrying smartphones around everywhere. Now they've found a way of implementing and testing these measures, bypassing the obstacle of people not having access to the tech in these rural communities at scale. It's worth noting that the whole biometric digital identity platform is launched with a motivation to bolster the markets for vaccines. It'll bolster the markets for vaccines. So already it's starting to seem a bit less like a philanthropic endeavour and a little more like a sort of marketing scheme and opportunity to pilot a bunch of tech in nations where perhaps they may not be as aware of the potential consequences because you now, as soon as someone goes, do you mind carrying this card everywhere? What do you want to do with it? Well, ultimately insert it under your skin. But for now, we will just carry it and take whatever medication we tell you. MasterCard, which is also in the alliance, says that it is working for fulfilling its vision of a world beyond cash that it outlined a few years ago. Yeah, we know about this vision for you will own nothing, you will be happy, you won't have access to cash, and every transaction will be undertaken with a simple swipe of your wrist. These things are still sci-fi. Of course, I reckon when it comes to chips plant down the skin and stuff, but they have been discussed. People are talking about it, and I would say it is part of an ongoing trajectory. Do you think that? Let me know in the chat. What's more, Trust Stamp, the organisation providing AI-based authentication, is also looking to commercialise its proprietary technologies. Well, obviously. Mastercard say that Trust Stamp is looking to partner with correctional systems to provide authentication services to individuals on parole without the need for ankle bracelets. What seems to be an effort to improve immunisation measures can also be an experiment for fine-tuning the technologies involved before they're made available for widespread global use. Well, I'll tell you why I think this, it won't make sense for marketing purposes otherwise. In order to authenticate and verify the efficacy of these technologies, they try them out in Africa as they've done with like agricultural modalities and other tech. 
if they care so much about Africa, you can just answer me this question. Why did they not release the patents during the pandemic period for a medication that they said was highly effective, even though many of you have got very, very different views on that subject. If philanthropy was the goal, then you'd behave differently. Also notice how easily these technologies can be deployed for an incarcerated population. And notice the tendency to use the kind of language and technology that would make more sense in a penitentiary. Notice that ultimately what's happening is your freedom is being limited. Your freedom is confined to really the power to consume, your ability to travel, and even your ability to consume might be inhibited in future using a variety of justifications and you can determine the legitimacy for yourself, whether it's climate change or pandemics or social credit score systems. Remember the discussion we had at the beginning of the pandemic was they will never be able to implement measures as effectively as they could in China in democratic nations. And I think the globalist elite were astonished at how compliant the majority of people were during the pandemic. Get inside your house and stay there. Not because people are, you know, sheeple and we're all idiots. But generally speaking, if you tell people that you can help others through a few simple measures, most of us will do it. So what would they have the opportunity here to now practice is a cashless society, one of MasterCard's goals, vaccine passports, one of the goals of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the ability to implement social credit scores and mass observation of entire populations. Now, you might say that's a conspiracy theory, but then you just have to stop saying it because it's actually happening in parts of Africa. And people have been discussing versions of that in Canada, all across Europe, across the United States. And really what's happening, I believe now, is they pilot the tech, get it on spec, wait for a crisis, and then like, oh, we're going to have to do it here now because of climate or a new pandemic or war. Or wherever it is, whatever crisis is required to legitimise it, a crisis, the effects of which the globalist elite establishment will be able to bypass and manage. And even if this does sound conspiratorial because it's me, Russell Brand, someone who's been unpersoned by the establishment, incidentally. You might perhaps consider the views of the British Medical Journal. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has long been criticised for championing the trend of socially reductive, magic bullet technical solutions to the complex historically shaped, politically conflicted problems at root of global health inequities. Their August 9th announcement of the launch of a new $5 million 48 project funding push to launch new artificial intelligence, large language models, LLMs, in low-income and middle-income countries to improve the livelihood and well-being of communities globally is set to continue this hegemonic global health trend. There are at least three reasons to believe that the unfettered imposition of these tools into already fragile and fragmented healthcare delivery systems risk doing far more harm than good. One reason to oppose the careless deployment of AI in global health is the near-complete absence of real democratic regulation and control, an issue that is applicable to global health more broadly. At the end of the day, the hard, sharp edges of capital command and control are in the hands of very few entities and individuals, notably including the conflictingly interested Microsoft Corporation itself, which has invested more than $10 billion in open AI. So the British Medical Journal are concerned that this project could actually make health issues worse and is not motivated by a philanthropic agenda, but by a commercial one. What what do you imagine motivates most globalist billionaires? Let me know in the chat. But before you make a decision, let's have a look at some of Bill Gates's financial activity in Africa up till now to help us work out whether he's been an influence for good or bad, just by looking at some facts, which we shouldn't be frightened of, right? Bill Gates, for so long the world's richest man, who famously announced he would give most of it away. He's not got around to that yet, has he? This <laughs> one promise he's not kept. Yet as Mr. Gates's powerful friends gather in Davos, the latest warning that the Gates Foundation has become too powerful and may not be the force for good. 
so many world leaders say it is. If we can't trust billionaires and world leaders at Davos, I don't know what the world's come to. What's going on even in Davos now? <sighs> the study from the pressure group Global Justice Now paints a picture of the Gates Foundation partly as an expression of corporate America's desire to profit from Africa and partly a damning critique of its effects. You could have a case where the initial research is done by a Gates-funded institution, um, the media reporting on how well that research is conducted is done, uh, the media uh, outlet is a Gates-funded outlet, and maybe a Gates-funded journalist from a media programme, and then the programme is implemented more widely by a Gates-funded NGO. I mean, it's, it, it, there, are, there are some very insular circles here. How much help can one man provide? Among the many criticisms, the idea that private finance can solve the problems of the developing world. Should poor farmers be trapped into debt by having to use chemicals or fertilisers underwritten by offshoots of the foundation. Oh, I know this one. It's yes. Private finance initiatives like the one behind this hospital in Lesotho, paid for partly by Mr Gates's philanthropy, also come under attack. The repayments for this now cost Lesotho more than 50% of its entire health budget. Is this global philanthropy or is it like an intercontinental version of the Simpsons monorail episode where someone turns up in a town and goes, do you know what you guys need? You need an AI hospital and we can handle that for you. Yes, we do have some investments in AI. Don't think about that now. Just think about your new sparkling, fantastic, razzmatastic, splendiferous new incubator machines. Well, where are we going to get these incubator machines? We'll handle that for you. And are they going to be expensive? Is there a chance the track will bend? Not on your life. I've sold monorails to Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook, and by gum it put them on the map. So there's the creation of a problem, there's the offering of the solution, there's the pretense of philanthropy. In the old days of colonialism, like the British used to just turn up with guns and nick people's countries and gold and diamond mines and tea and coffee, spices, whatever the hell was there, human beings. At least then we knew this is evil. If Bill Gates was doing the slave trade, he'd call it some sort of philanthropic initiative to take people on a cruise to America and then a kibbutz working in the cotton industry. Some aid experts have warned repeatedly that the focus on high-profile, headline-grabbing diseases undermines wider attempts by African governments to reduce the poverty that causes them. Supporters of philanthropy would argue that it can get past corrupt governments and produce results without having to go through the bureaucracy of the United Nations. But critics of Mr Gates ask whether it's right that one foundation with more money than entire African countries should wield so much power and influence. And the answer to that question is, of course, <laughs> yes, it is right, because how else would you be able to impose all these pilot schemes on the people of Africa and still call it kindness? Whether it's the BMJ, those charity workers that are on the ground there in Africa, or the people of those regions themselves, it seems like the voices that are most important are ones that actually oppose what they're saying, even though some of us might think that they have an agenda to create a cashless, social credit scored, highly managed, centralised, controlled, authoritarian system where all of the resources and power funnel upwards into an establishment elite and the rest of us are essentially automatons and drones unable to make decisions for ourselves and they can point to the success of Africa. Come on, it worked in Africa. Why don't you give it a try? If it really was philanthropy, you would listen to the voices of the people that they're purporting to help. If it really was philanthropy during the pandemic period, you'd have heard a lot less talk about patents and a lot more talk about issuing effective medicines. But that's just what I think. Do you think we'll hear schemes like this being introduced in countries like yours and mine and continents like yours? and mine in the forthcoming years and months. Is it likely there'll be another crisis coming soon where these very measures
methods will be suggested as a solution. I don't know. I got a hunch that those things could be on their way. If you enjoyed this content, remember we stream every day. More important than that, though, is if you can, please stay free. No, here's the fucking news.